from South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on September 11th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And as always, we hope you took a moment on September 11th to remember those we lost and how our country was forever changed on that fateful day 22 years ago. In this episode, we hear from Senator Lindsey Graham, who was recommended for an indictment in the Georgia election investigation, but was ultimately not pursued by District Attorney Fannie Willis. We check in with former Governor Nikki Haley and Senator Tim Scott, our two homegrown 2024 presidential candidates, as they made the rounds on cable news this weekend. And the Russ McKinney brings us a report on our favorite topic, infrastructure, and the $5 billion in construction and repaving efforts underway in our state. And something that doesn't cost billions of dollars, the wind-down section. And you get a free double dip today, folks. So stay tuned. We'll see you in the wind-down. Speaking of that wind-down, that's where we get to listen to you guys at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. We love hearing from you guys. Tell us what's on your mind, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of or less of. And we'll take it under consideration. (laughs) 803-563-7169. Last month, Senator Lindsey Graham avoided being named in the Fulton County, Georgia indictment of former President Donald Trump and his 18 co-conspirators who were charged with working to overturn the election results that Trump lost by 11,799 votes. Last year, Graham eventually complied with a subpoena as part of the special grand jury investigation led by District Attorney Fannie Willis. Some 75 people gave testimony as part of that investigation. Now, that special purpose grand jury had subpoena power, but it did not have the authority to issue indictments, which is what a separate grand jury issued last month. But the special grand jury did recommend charges against 39 people. According to court filings on November 13, 2020, Graham allegedly asked Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state in Georgia, and his staff about, quote, re-examining certain absentee ballots cast in Georgia in order to explore the possibility of a more favorable outcome, quote, for Trump. Graham also made, quote, allegations of widespread voter fraud, quote, according to the filing. Trump suggested in a late 2021 hour-long phone call with Raffensperger that he find those votes for Trump. Now, this is what Graham told reporters in Greenville on Friday. You know, I have, uh, I'm very worried about the country right now. I was the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. This election was contested in courts in multiple states. I had to explain to the people of South Carolina my vote, had to decide whether or not to have a hearing about the allegations in Georgia and other places. Uh, I called around different states, including Georgia, as a sitting United States Senator, Chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I eventually certified the election in all states, including Georgia. I didn't find any evidence of mass voter fraud, but I did have concerns about the mail-in ballot systems in Georgia and other places. This is troubling for the country. We can't criminalize senators doing their job when they have a constitutional requirement to fulfill. 
it would be irresponsible for me, in my opinion, as chairman of the committee, not to try to find out what happened. It would be irresponsible for me to tell the voters of South Carolina what I did without actually trying to find out what the right answer was. So we're opening up Pandora's box here. Fulton County is one of the most liberal jurisdictions in the country. I fear this will spread, that the next election, Democrats may be on the other side of this. So at the end of the day, nothing happened. What I did was consistent with my job as being United States Senator, Chairman of the Judiciary Committee, but it was just not me. Three United States Senators were opening up Pandora's box. I think the system in this country is getting off the rails, and we have to be careful not to use the legal system as a political tool. Graham said he did his job looking into the election and wouldn't change anything he did. The special grand jury voted 13 to 7 with one abstention to recommend an indictment on charges related to overturning the 2020 election in battleground states such as Georgia. Not every special juror was present for every vote, though. Now Willis, who had the ultimate charging authority, chose not to pursue the recommendation. Typically, prosecutors want a strong case that they can present to jurors, and in this case, it appears Willis didn't see that with Graham. Here's what Graham said he told the special grand jury about his call with Raffensperger. I called him from my office with my staff on the phone. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I asked him hard questions, and I got very, sometimes not reassuring answers. But uh, two sitting United States senators from Georgia called for him to resign. So I tried to figure out, well, that's a pretty stunning statement. I asked him questions about the mail-in voting process. I never asked him to set aside ballots or anything else. After the conversation, uh, I decided it was best for me to vote to certify the election because I didn't have enough confidence in my own mind to overturn it. But I can't speak from him, for him. But the phone call I had with him was made from my office in Washington with my staff on it. When you factor in Graham's oversight aspect of the election as a major part of his defense, well, we may see why Graham wasn't indicted. Moving on, former Governor Nikki Haley was on CNN's State of the Union on Sunday with Jake Tapa, where she addressed the months-long blockade of hundreds of military promotions by Alabama Republican Senator Tommy Tupperville over the Pentagon's policy to reimburse personnel for abortion travel. Currently, the Army, Navy, and Marine Corps have no Senate-confirmed chiefs in place, and top brass has been warning of military readiness shortfalls as a result. Here's Haley with Tapa. Uh, there's a couple of things here, Jake. I mean, let's speak hard truths, right? First of all, Department of Defense never should have done this. I disagree with it, and I'll put an end to it as president. You're talking you about the, to go through re Congress. the reimbursement policy for travel, for abortion. Yes. Okay. Yes, because you have to do these things through Congress. We have three branches of government for a reason. You can't slip something in there like that and think that Congress is not going to be upset. So first, I'll put an end to that, and you'll handle it through the proper channels. Secondly, we don't need to be using military families as political pawns. That's a mistake. These, the military members and families, they sacrifice enough. They don't need to be a pawn in Congress. But look at the political games that continue to play. Chuck Schumer could still get this done if he went through and listed each member and had Congress vote on each member. But, Ambassador, right do, you now, know, do you know what that would do? That I mean, do you really want to have? I mean, the tradition is, generally speaking, that, that the Senate just votes uh, unanimous consent for 300 people to be promoted. Oh, you think the military is political now. You really want to have the U.S. Senate 
voting on somebody being promoted to major, to lieutenant colonel, to colonel, to ambassador, I mean, to an admiral. To, I mean, every single person is going to have their social media posts scrubbed. You really want, like, in the U.S. military, Bernie Sanders, Joe Manchin, like, everybody's going to decide everybody's promotions. This is how we're going to do uh, promotions from now on. Well, if you're going to talk about tradition, shouldn't Department of Defense do things the right way so we're never in this mess to start with? Let's, I mean, let's call it like we see it. Department of Defense started this. I'm not saying Senator Turbeville is right in doing this because I don't want to use them as pawns. But if you love our military, if you are so adamant about it, then go and make Congress. Republicans and Democrats have to go through person by person. Do you honestly think they won't say, okay, this is ridiculous, let's put an end to it? Well, I, they will. But show, show, your, show your true grit by going out there and saying, fine, if y'all are going to play the military for the pawns like this, let's go member by member. Let's make them pay the price. Let's make them do their job. Let's make them suffer so that they know what they're doing to these military families. This isn't about making it convenient for Congress. This is about making sure you're doing right by members of the military. This is making sure you hold the Department of Defense accountable. Let's call that what it is, Jake, because right now everybody's saying, oh, but do you really want Congress doing this? You know what I want Congress to do is their job. Right. I want Congress to do their job. I want them to deal with inflation. I want them to deal with gas prices and groceries. I want them to deal with the lack of transparency in schools. I want them to deal with the fact that, yes, military members are being used as pawns and they need to make sure that these families don't suffer. I want them to do their job. And the majority of Americans see that government's not working for the people. It's the people working for government. And it's got to stop, including these political games that they play. Haley wasn't the only one hitting the cable news airwaves over the past few days. Republican presidential candidate Senator Tim Scott was on Brian Kilmeade on September 9th on Fox News discussing President Joe Biden's age and Vice President Kamala Harris in the wings. I, I got to say, Joe Biden's age is not the problem. It's his incompetence that we should be very concerned with. However, if you want to hear the scariest words on any screen in the country, Kamala Harris is ready to be your president. That should scare the dickens out of all of us. Uh, Joe Biden's failure is undeniable and can be measured in the pain that the average family is feeling, loss of thousands of dollars of spending power, a wide open, insecure and unsafe border. And then if we want to exacerbate the situation even worse, Kamala Harris is ready to make things much, much worse. That's why the truth of my life disproves and disrupts the narrative of the radical left. It's one of the reasons why I will beat Joe Biden, and God forbid, if I have to, Kamala Harris too. That line, beating up on a president, Kamala Harris, is one we've heard a lot of from Nikki Haley on the trail. <laughs> Kilmeade read a Daily Mail headline that said, quote, Putin is gambling on Donald Trump winning the U.S. election in 2024 in the hope he will end backing for Ukraine, quote. Kilmeade asked Scott if a President Tim Scott would be good news for Putin. Here's what he said. Really bad news for a murderous dictator named Putin. There's no doubt that the Russian genocide in Ukraine has devastated not only the Ukrainian people, but it's also threatened NATO territory that's contiguous with it. More important than anything else is what is America's national vital interest in Russia? 
And in that conflict, it is simply degrading the Russian military. We have been very effective with our resources without a single boot on the ground. We've been very successful at degrading the Russian military. That's good news for the homeland. It's really good news for our NATO partners. As president of the United States, I would target this rising axis of evil between China, Iran, and Russia. Before letting Scott go, Kilmeade asked him about a Axios exclusive that said donors fret over his single status. Here's Tim Scott's response. Well, obviously, uh, at this point, I'm taken. I have a wonderful girlfriend, and uh, we have a wonderful relationship. The good news is uh, God has blessed me with a smart Christian woman. That, that's great news. But more importantly is why are, are the headlines there? The headlines are there because as I rise in the polls, as people show up at my, my town halls, it scares even my opponents. Uh, everybody wants to find a way to win this race. I'm going to focus on having that optimistic, positive message delivered with a backbone and staying focused right. on the American people who say they like me a lot and I want to make sure that they have a chance to make me their president. We, we met your mom. Will we meet her? Will we meet your girlfriend? You will, of course, at some point. Okay, great. Oh, yes, being single, the main reason I can't run for president, folks. <laughs> Next up, the big reason you're here, right? That's right, folks. The Russ McKinney is here because this podcast doubles as an infrastructure pod, though we've had quite a bit of a break from such reports recently. But that doesn't mean that the work isn't going on. Quite the opposite. You undoubtedly see it happening and feel the difference while riding around town. Sure, plenty more has to be done on our roads and bridges, but how about $5 billion worth? That's what's under construction right now in the state, and the Russ McKinney has this report for us. It's hard to drive across the state these days without noticing a dramatic increase in road and highway work. That's because almost $5 billion in construction and repaving is underway, according to the State Department of Transportation. South Carolina's gas tax is now slightly under 29 cents a gallon. It incrementally increased from just under 17 cents beginning in 2017. The 12 cent increase alone has generated over a billion dollars for road and bridge work. Combined with other fees, DOT currently has some $3.4 billion in its gas tax trust fund to pay for needed improvements. DOT Secretary Christy Hall says that enactment of the so-called Roads Bill in 2017, for the first time in 30 years, allowed DOT to use what is now a dedicated revenue stream to make significant strides in improving the highway system. Most everybody can see some level of improvement on the uh on the roads themselves, whether it's new pavement, new bridges, safety projects, and certainly our interstate program, the widening program that we've launched across the state is very visible. In 2017, DOT developed a 10-year plan for road improvements. $2.7 billion is funding more than 7,000 miles of paving projects. $280 million is going to highway improvements on the state's deadliest rural roads. Millions more are slated for interstate widenings and bridge improvements. In addition to the new gas tax revenue, $72 million generated in the month of July alone, the legislature has provided even more money. Justin Powell is DOT chief of staff. Last year, uh, the General Assembly really took a first step of funding uh, roads through the general fund. And so the $120 million uh, was set aside to the DOT really to help us fully draw down um, all of the federal dollars that we could have available to match those dollars. 
and the General Assembly ponied up another $100 million in surplus funds to speed up fully widening I-26 between Charleston and Columbia. There are 8,500 bridges in the highway system. Many of those, including major interstate bridges, are nearing the end of their lifespans. Thus, bridges are a critical focus for DOT. Recently, while observing an inspection team working under a small bridge in Lexington County that was built in 1967, Rob Perry, DOT's chief engineer for bridges, said another goal of the 10-year plan is to repair or replace 500 bridges. We have 1,700 bridges that are 60 years or older. So when you think about that, of our 8,500 bridges, 1,700 or 60 years or older, you know, you got to think about a bridge like a body, right? It gets to 60, 75 years old, things are going to start breaking down. That's just life. DOT has big plans for some major new interstate bridges, including the I-95 U.S. 301 span across Lake Marion and where I-95 crosses the Great P.D. River in Florence County. Three years ago, the I-526 Wando River Bridge, the gateway to the giant Wando port terminal, was forced to close temporarily for emergency repairs. DOT Secretary Hall says that unexpected closure was eye-opening as to what an integral role the highway system has to play in the state's economy. I view our job as not only uh, focused on the roads and bridges of the state, but having a clear understanding of how we fit into the overall economic prosperity and that engine that's driving uh, the state forward. Hall says DOT itself has had to evolve from where it was 10 years ago when it struggled just to maintain the highway system to now being a well-funded, critical component of the state's economic well-being. Thanks, Russ, or Chip to some friends that listen to this pod. You can find his report and so much more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Welcome to the wind-down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. Remember, this is our chance to talk about things that are not news-related, though sometimes we do. Isn't that right, A.T. Shire? Oh, that's correct. Yes, this is the part of the podcast where if you saw us, we turned both our chairs backwards, and we're, <laughs> we're leaning over the we back. Go from news to just casual. Gavin lets his hair out. It yeah. falls down. It, it's, like, it's like Samson in here. If you see me in public, you're like, oh... Great head of hair, but what they don't see is the bun hidden under the hair. Exactly. That I pull out the bobby pin from and then it just flows. falls. It goes down to the back of his knees. Like those like those nights at medieval times this past weekend. Ooh, Gavin. I and was I, like yes. writhing with jealousy. I was like, I used to have long hair. Why don't I? The have locks anymore? on these I guys. Was... It's like they so Gavin and I we did go to medieval times. Our night did win. It was okay. pretty big. My first time, I was just was just blown away by it. Uh, we, Gavin was this close to the queen. Let me tell you, I, what. it is the queen. <laughs> <laughs> when she showed up, I was like losing my mind. Oh my god, that's her! <laughs> like I was getting out of my seat multiple times, cheering for our night. It like, was great. It was great. Raves, it was a great time. Raves South Carolina Public Radio's AT Shire. It's, I got out of my seat and danced half the time. Raves that, Gavin Jackson. That is not why we're here, Gavin. No, no, we got ahead of ourselves. We're here to listen to the dips. Okay, mm, we're double dipping. We're doubling dipping down. Okay, so first dip, great old friend Gavin. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Hey, Gavin and AT. It is Cam in Columbia. Um, wanted to call for a few reasons. First off, I wanted to come clean. Um, that was not my cocaine in the White House, but 
I did leave a couple ounces of Sleepy Joe OG Delta 8 uh, the last time I visited there. So I apologize uh, for the national fervor that's happened over that. Second thing, uh, you know, my coronavirus experience, it hasn't stopped. In case anybody has been wondering, my uh, place of work, Transmission Arcade in Columbia, we have had five cases in the last month, and so we are scrambling to cover some shifts here and there. Uh, so, you know, the landscape is is ever-changing. Don't forget about the COVID, folks. Uh, continue to wash your hands. Uh, you know, mask up when you feel uh, that you are a little bit under the weather, et cetera, et cetera. And I hope everybody out there is doing well. Uh, thank you guys for continuing to provide us with the best SE News podcast that we've got going out there. And I hope everyone has a great week. Bye now. Cam, great to hear from you as always. And we're glad it wasn't your cocaine that was in the White House. <laughs> Uh, the lead does not yes. endorse illicit drugs, let it be clear. Such a good gang. But I hate to hear about that COVID wave hitting work. I never tested positive for COVID over the summer when I had my, like, summer-long cold. But, Your malaise? Uh, <laughs> it, was just, it turned out to just be malaise. It's a strong case of ennui. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You'd, I mean, every time I would come into work, you'd be like, Gavin, please try and put a smile on. Try and do work. <laughs> be and I'd be strong. Like, be I'd strong. Like, oh, I can't. Oh. You're like, where's this fainting couch? Like, it's back mm-hmm. again. Where's his chaise? But yeah, wash your hands, folks. Can't Seriously, wash enough. your hands. And yes, uh, especially the service industry. That is an industry that's going through it right yeah. now. So just be understanding when you're out there. Definitely, Definitely go, to, go to transmission and just be supporting your local businesses, your local haunts that you like so much. Yeah. Cam, please move back into my basement, okay? I miss you, bud. Anyway, Gavin, are you ready for the second dip? That was the first dip. Okay? Double crunch. Double. <laughs> it's just like a Twix. You're okay? allowed there a double dip here. Okay. okay. You can put the chip back in the dip here. We're they, cool with that. That's right. Yeah. You dip once. You take a bite. You dip, we dip, we dip. You dip again. Oh, you put your head up on our hip when you I dip, dip we, you dip, dip, we dip, we dip. dip. Okay. Put your, put my... uh, that's a Jock Jams throwback. Anyway, yeah. people, are you ready for this <laughs> second dip? Another friend of the pod. Another friend of the pod coming in at number two. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. On the countdown. On the countdown. Hey, Gavin and H-E, this is your favorite uh, Aiken County listener, Baby's Mama. I'm calling to check in. We are about seven weeks into the school year, and it's been it's been interesting down here. Um, we started a different schedule this year of four classes in the fall, four classes in the spring, so our class periods are longer. And we're I think we're finally adjusting, finally maybe. Um, it's been it's been interesting. I hope that you are both doing well. Uh, feedback for the show that I have. So we do a lot of national, we do a lot of serious. I kind of wish that maybe every other episode or something we'd do like one quirky or strange thing story from South Carolina, something that we don't hear about otherwise. Um, just for some extra flavor and fun. Uh, again, hope you're, hope you're both doing well, and I look forward to listening to The Lead tomorrow on Saturday. Have a good day. 
Ah, oh, baby's mama always bringing us some great advice. Ooh, and we have to go to Aiken for a live taping just for baby's just mama. for baby's mama. I mean, yeah. like, tell us your schedule. We will make it work. <laughs> preferably a Thursday. Um, but we love getting caught up on how the school year is going to. We love our teachers. They do so much work. Uh, we love that idea of doing something quirky or a news story that's it's, strange. But what because we love suggestion. a deep dive. What a it good kind of reminds me of what we were doing during uh, one summer ago when we were doing like our summer school episodes, or we talked to some authors. <laughs> it was one year ago today. We did the ATs going on is eight year late honeymoon series. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, mm-hmm. We always have to do a little uh, specials here and there. So yeah, we'll definitely look into that. I know I can tell you like in the coming months, it's gonna be a lot of uh, presidential stuff. So, <laughs> But I'll be looking for some of those stories that we can do in the background and kind of like do a deep dive and give us a little breathing room from all the national stuff. Anyway, baby's mama, thank you so much. You you are my favorite uh, Aiken denizen easily. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for calling. I love all your suggestions every single time. I'm I hope that school, the new block scheduling, whatever that is, I hope that cools down. <laughs> that sounds a little hectic. Definitely want to do it at a polo match. I know they only do them on Sundays, but we got to figure out a way to do it. Is it polo up there? They have yeah. So weird. Yeah. I think that is the horse strangest country. thing. I never would have thought that ever. It's because all, they all used to have their horses down here and... The, the, the rich New Yorkers and such would have their horses. I never knew that. Horse country. Yeah. yeah. That's what it. we got to do. We got to go. I think, I think, oh, yeah, it, that would be awesome to do it at a polo match. I never, ever considered myself. It's a huge at a crossover polo match. for me. Yeah. I mean, you would want to do it just to see me at a polo. I mean, speaking of that sort of thing. So this past weekend, Gavin and I, we were on producer Sean's bachelor party yes. in Myrtle Beach. So good. And I really felt like I was playing this bit part where they were taking me places just to see how much I didn't like them. Margaritaville. Mar- we're just talking it Margaritaville. It was really more of a pilgrimage to Margaritaville, <laughs> I, it, it, it so was wild. They would be like, so we're going to do this bad thing. And then they'd be like, A.T., what do you think about that? <laughs> Margaritaville. <laughs> well, I didn't even ask. I just like to observe and know. Uh, and then we did Medieval Times the next day. Which we did I Top Golf, which was awesome. Top Golf was I've fun. I've never done that before. This Top Golf was fun. Um, what else did we do? We went to a pancake house, a little overpriced pancake house. Nothing kind of is better it. than Medieval Times. It was great. I was so invested. Like, you know, I might have had a couple of drinks here and there, but I was riled up. I was like watching it. They do such a great job with the performance and like getting you engaged. And I was literally standing up and cheering it was, for our night. It was screaming for wrestling. It was professional yes. wrestling. I get it now. I get sports now. There were, oh, Gavin's a sports fan. Speaking of sports, specifically sports, Renaissance era sports. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love sports when it happens in a giant litter box. And, in then, front the, of me. and then the combat, and then like the not yeah. knowing who's going to die. When, quote, I, when oh. I walked into that that space and you just smell the horse. Agriculture Expo Center. You go, mmm, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm spending $70 to eat <laughs> in a barn. I got to say, I got to give them props. Last thing here before we go, we love you all. But props to Medieval Times. The half chicken that I ate with my hands. It was great. It was actually very good. You got a lot of chicken, too. It was almost better than, like, a wedding I've eaten at. You know Definitely. what I mean? Like, it was good. It was it, it was seasoned. There was fresh, actual lemon juice on this thing. Yeah. It was crazy. But anyway, yeah. go to if Medieval you, Times. If you work at Medieval Times call and it. or are a knight, please call us. We want to talk about it. We want to talk the ins and outs. We want to talk the choreography, okay? Yes. Oh. The sparks Because of the I was swords. already, you saw me, like, pressing our waitress. Oh, um, I, we got some and dirt. I was just like, so what's the deal with this one? And she's like... She started saying stuff, and then she caught herself. She's like, I'm not supposed to say anymore. She's I'm like, oh, I want to know more about the backstory. What's going on in the halls of this hollowed castle? So 
if you don't say her name, I'll bleep it. If you're listening, Miss I, uh, if you're listening and you didn't know you were serving podcast royalty, please call in. Okay. It was so good. Anyway, Gavin, give them the outro. We survived the weekend. Gavin and I slept in a living room together. (laughs) We should have done a podcast. So, anyway, give them the credits. We love you all. Yes, we love hearing from our listeners like Cam and Baby's Mama. You can be like them and give us a shout at 803-563-7169, or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love those, too. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Or... Take the train for 11 hours. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Same price. Now, mind you, everything's going to be worse. <laughs> <laughs>